Hey, what's up guys? It's Parker with Psych Athletes and we just had an incredible podcast with Isabella Brown. She's a soccer player at UNC and she's actually transferring over to Minnesota next season. However, she had a ton of amazing insights towards her recruitment process as well as once she got to school and some of the struggles and mental challenges that she faced and overcame. And so you guys are going to absolutely love this podcast. Before we get into it, guys, we just made a completely free new video that talks about confidence, that talks about anxiety, how to overcome and let go of a lot of these things so that you can play at your peak potential. So the link is going Going to be below after you finish this podcast and let's get into it but yeah let's get into you like why do you why do you like soccer when did you start playing and how is like your story and going to like and uh being recruited at unc yeah so i started playing soccer probably when i was like nine or ten and my dad actually played in the nba um so i played basketball too growing up Um, I swam, I did tennis, I kind of did like a little bit of everything, but soccer was just um, the one that stuck and the one that I liked the most. So after my uh, freshman year of high school, I stopped playing like all my other sports, um, just because it was like really like time consuming and like, I didn't always have um, like enough time and effort to give to everything else to like be good. So I was like, you know, pretty average by the time I was in like you know, like a freshman in high school playing yeah, basketball. Super, I mean, I was on varsity, hard but... to like, It's super hard to go from one sport and then try to put energy into another one. It's like a lot mm-hmm. of people, I feel like they're not able to get to their true potential when you have energy being put into another sport. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like growing up too, like a lot of the best athletes play like multiple sports like you did too. Because like when you're young, it's just about having fun. And a lot of the parents like put their coaches in one sport and they're like, yeah, you're going to play soccer and uh, you're going to go to UNC one day. Uh, maybe one day you're going to transfer to Minnesota. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's your that's your track. Well, yeah, you had a, you had a positive role model with your father of being like he did it like mm-hmm. he played in the NBA. You had that like mindset that it was like, oh, it's possible. A lot of kids aren't able to have that. You yeah, know, like, I mean? how did how did that help you? And you're like you see your dad, this this big figure, somebody who made it like. Did that help? Did that motivate you at all? Yeah, it definitely did. Um, I totally feel like I have like big shoes to fill, but it's definitely something that I'm willing to like step up to the plate for. Um, but yeah, I'm really lucky that he didn't like, you know how some people can be like, you know, really overzealous and like uh-huh. parents just like push their kids too much. I'm really thankful because that wasn't my parents. Um, they definitely let me choose what I wanted to do. So I think that really helped, especially with like not burning out. Yeah, definitely. You have a lot of parents that are telling you, oh, you, you got to play baseball. You're going to practice today. Okay. All right, Johnny. Yeah. I know you're 12, but you got to be committed to this sport. Like this is what you got to do. You want to go to the next level. Yeah. That's super huge. My parents were the same way. Kind of, if, if your parents allow you to do what you want to do, it kind of puts less pressure on you and you start, you enjoy the game more definitely yeah. rather than a parent kind of like I, I did Taekwondo. My mom would force me to go. <laughs> And, and she would like be like, Brian, it's Wednesday. It's Taekwondo time. And I'm like, damn, I don't want to go, mom. And I was like, definitely tired of Taekwondo. I wish I kept doing it. But, but yeah, I definitely got burned out from Taekwondo. I know it's a really juvenile example, but that's probably, I know a lot of high school athletes have the same way. Like, they're like, I don't want to go to practice anymore. You ha- I know you had those teammates. I had those teammates. Like, they're just like, I don't, I don't want to practice today. Like, I, I want to quit. It's, yeah. it's shitty yeah. how people get burnt out from sports. And we're kind of like really lucky in that respect. But yeah. you still you you still think you love the game like you did when you were when you were younger? 
Oh, for sure. I mean, obviously, I've had like my moments where I'm like, oh, I don't want to go to practice. And, you know, you kind of think you don't love the game as much. But at the end of the day, I, I think I always will. And I still such, do. Yeah, that's yeah. such a huge thing that athletes go to. Like, I'm like sitting there in practice. I'm like, do I love this sport? It's like this mental <laughs> battle. You, I know do you I even went like through this. this. Do I even like doing this? Isn't that something crazy? And, and we still push through it. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's something like inherent kind of definitely towards the end of my playing career I was just like man I don't want to I don't want to do this anymore but yeah. you think you you think you still love the game as much as you did and yeah 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 I mean obviously I have my moments when I'm questioning I'm like earlier I go do a conditioning workout and like mid workout I'm like oh my god why am I doing this you know <laughs> moments like that but overall yeah yeah so you were playing all these other sports you got into high school you kind of focused on soccer and then mm -hmm. kind of lead us up to you competing in soccer and then starting to get recruited and looking into colleges and how that process kind of went. Yeah. So I um, played at the local club here. It was called castle. Um, and then it switched to NCFC and it's really big. Um, and I had great teammates. Um, all of us went D1 and my recruiting process was actually very easy. Um, I don't think that's normal, but my coach uh, for my youth team was actually my assistant coach at UNC. So that definitely, um, helped speed the process along. And like, I didn't really have to do all the phone calls and do all the ID camps. So like I said, my process was really easy. I don't think that other people's was like that. Like I had a friend who was going to pit and their coaching staff changed and then like she got cut. So, you know, there's a lot of things that can happen when you're getting recruited. Um, but luckily, like my recruiting experience is really easy. So I did not have to do much. I just had to, you know, go out and play and have fun. Um, and I think that also really helps because I, when I was playing, I wasn't like stressing about, oh my goodness, what college is going to come pick me. I was just like playing for fun. And yeah, that's what I was going to ask if, if it was going to be a stressful process, but it seems like it was pretty smooth and pretty easily. I mean, most athletes that we talk to, it's a very high stressful like, situation, especially in, mm -hmm. you know, sophomore, junior year, when people are starting to come out, check, mm -hmm. check you out, start doing yeah. scouting reports and stuff. Yeah. It's like, did you ever feel like your performance was kind of strained when other scouts and people were starting to take a look at you? Not really in high school. I mean, the only time that I was really, um, you know, playing stressed out would be when like national team coaches were watching because I committed my freshman year of uh, high school. So oh, wow. Wow. yeah. So like recruiting, like was, you know, off the table and like, that was my next goal. So I never really had to play with a lot of that stress that a lot of people had to play with. And like my sister's recruiting story was, you know, totally different from mine because, you know, because of the COVID year, everything kind of got shut down. And so recruiting was a little bit harder. Um, and so she is about to be a senior and she only just committed, whereas like I committed freshman year. So it's just kind of like totally different. Yeah. Do you think that helped you a lot? In, like your mindset while you're playing? felt much more at ease yeah yeah for sure better. yeah yeah absolutely I mean my college coach was my coach every day so that was yeah. a little bit um stressful maybe kind of um but he was like you know a very personable person um and he didn't really stress me out I, I always think that he's a great coach um 
So, look, I mean, I really did not have to play with a lot of stress in high school, but I would say in college, I did a little bit more. Yeah, it's super crazy because I didn't know where I was going to go play until I, after I graduated, like two months before college started. And a lot of athletes, like sophomore, junior year, they see all their, they see like Isabella getting recruited and they're like, shit, dude, like, this is, this is it. Like, I need, I need to get recruited. Like, and then they put the, all that stress on themselves. And you're super lucky because throughout four years, you had that goal in mind. You knew where you're already going and you're able to get better based on that goal. But a lot of athletes can't say the same, definitely. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting that you said you had the same coach for four years. And then when you got to college, it wasn't, it wasn't what you thought it would be. You want to elaborate on that kind of? Um, yeah, I just, I don't think that I went into college with like the right mindset. So I kind of just like went in, you know, expecting to play and that didn't happen. Um, you know, when you get to college, everyone is just as good as you, everyone's bigger than you, etc. So it was a little bit of a shock. So that definitely made me play with more stress. Um, I did play my freshman year, not a whole lot, but, you know, I got in the games and I was on the roster. Um, but those, like, five minutes that I was given or those 10, 15-minute blocks that I was given was, like, the most stressful time of my life, it felt like, because I had to – I felt like I had to – if I didn't perform, then I was going to be sitting on the bench again. Yeah, it's like you had to prove yourself. Yeah. yeah. This- tiny tiny time frame yeah like Mm -hmm. how did you get in the zone for that time frame where it's like you might be out of it for a while you're sitting Mm -hmm. on the bench you're sitting on the sidelines right you have people four years older than you competing Mm -hmm. in that in that five minute time frame like what did you kind of do to put yourself in this all right I got it I'm in the zone yeah so my freshman year um it I definitely had a harder time uh, staying in it mentally but my dad always told me like stay ready like that's all you need to do is stay ready so like even those games where I didn't think I was gonna go gonna get in the game you still had to like mentally stay in it and just tell yourself like your name might not get called but if it does you need to be able to step up to the plate yeah and that's a great point of view to have too it's like we've talked about that before too it's like you make it all the way up to the college level like you're there for a reason and having that mindset of like, all right, like I've done all this, I'm here now. I even if I'm here. not, yeah, even if I'm not playing every single game, but to have that mindset where like, yeah, even I get called for five minutes, I'm gonna give it my all, and I'm gonna try my best. Yeah, but, and that's hard to like. A lot of kids can't do that because they either mm-hmm. didn't have like a, a mentor like your dad, or somebody else guiding them. I mean, it's it's this kind of really strikes a chord with me, because it's always I had the exact same story as you. I got to college. I'm like, all right, I'm the shit. I can do this. Like, and then, yeah, there's players better than you and not playing really takes a toll on you mentally and you feel hopeless. I had that feeling every game I didn't play and I would, I would leave the field and I was just like, dude, fuck this man. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. And like, I wake up in the morning. I'm like, okay, I gotta be ready. I gotta do this. But that is so it's, it's, it's easy to say, stay ready every game. But when it comes down to it and you're, and it's getting late in the game, you still haven't gone in. And then that, those feelings just come back. They rush back to you. Like that's the hardest thing I think for people that don't get consistent playing time to do is to stay ready. Yeah. There's like a constant, is, constant self-doubt in the back of your mind. Even if it's just like yeah. very minuscule, that if you let permeate just continues to go down a path of stress 
of anxiety. And then you, you have your five minutes to play and then you're shit because you have these self-doubts. That's exactly how it happened for me. I don't know if that's how it happened for you. How did you perform or did you think you performed in those, in those small intervals that you got to play? Um, I, I would say I was she's always like, happy. She's like, I crushed I it. I'm the best <laughs> on the fucking team. <laughs> no, I, I wish. I would say I always did well, but I just never felt like I did good enough. Like, so I was never satisfied, but I wasn't like disappointed. So it was literally just like, I, sometimes I feel like I did like bare minimum. So. That's what it feels like sometimes because it's like, you want to go out there for baseball. I want to go out. What, what position do you play? In, forward. In oh, so you, okay. So, okay, you're, so scoring. you're scoring. You got a lot so of you're like, all right, I got to go out there. I got to score a goal or else this mm-hmm. is a fail. Did you ever feel like that was, that was kind of like, yeah, it's all like all or nothing when you get in for that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's a shitty mindset to have. Like, that's so hard to do. Like when you place these unreal expectations on yourself in these, I know scoring a goal, scoring a goal is super hard. Right. So you can't ex- yeah. expect to score a goal every time you get in the game. Like I wanted to hit a home run every time I got up to bat. And when we place these unreal expectations on ourselves and we go in there and for 15, for 15 minutes or for me, like two innings and we fail and we don't score a goal or I don't get a hit, then your confidence is just, you know what I mean? I know, I know yeah. you probably felt like that you, you came out of the game. You're like, man, I didn't really do anything to stand out. And then you felt like dejected almost. Is that kind of like, how it went yeah confidence was definitely something that I struggled with my freshman year um because like you said it's hard for someone who's not getting consistent playing time to like have a really good mentality like on and off the field mm-hmm. so what did like so what did you kind of do like what was your mindset so you have you're going in and you're like all right like I've got these five minutes like did you kind of like lay out a plan for yourself so you could maximize the amount of time that you had in your game like were you like I mean, not score, but like, let's connect some passes and like, let's like, let's make some good plays or. Yeah. So when I would get in the game, um, I, I mean, I didn't stop running. I did not stop running. You just, you know, give a hundred percent effort for those five, 10 minutes that you get. And I told myself that, you know, after that season, I was going to work super hard and do everything that I need to do over like winter and spring break and summer. And I did. And I, um <laughs> it's okay my dog came in the other day on a podcast started barking out the window during the red hat uh lady oh, i shouldn't have said that <laughs> i'll bleep that <laughs> but yeah hold go on, on. i'm okay. gonna go on mute and scream at them okay no problem yeah <laughs> i'll take this part out no we're not this is good Okay. <laughs> uh, I wish that wasn't muted. I wanted. I know. To Why did you <laughs> shut the hell up? Oh my god. So. Okay. We're okay. Good. Well, just you know, edit that part out. We don't need to have my face, my crazy family members in. Yeah. So, would we know your dad? Um, his name is Chucky Brown. He played at NC State. Um, and he played 13 years. And yeah, I don't know. You could be like wow. Google him. Like, is it something you're just like, people ask you about all the time and you're just like, shut up? No, no, I don't talk about it that much, but I feel like a podcast, like, I feel like that was a cool thing to bring up. Yeah, it is pretty yeah. sick. I want to ask, but I didn't know how you felt about it. I'm a huge fan. <laughs> yeah, because no, it's I... like, like you said, you might have like unrealistic expectations or like big shoes to fill. So by us being like, 
yo, who's your dad? Who's your dad? Who's your dad? <laughs> you probably get that all the time. Yeah, but it's okay. I don't mind. He's he's a cool dude. Yeah. I'll vouch for him. So I playing at you know UNC and being it being a top level program, I've wanted to ask this question for a while when it comes to these top level, top tier programs. Do you guys have any uh, mental support, whether it comes to like a sports psychologist or coaches helping you on the mental side of your game? Can you kind of Yes, we, we do. Um, at UNC, our coaching staff was uh, all, all guys. So, you know, boys are lovely, but there does need to be a woman somewhere. And so our assistant coach, Heather O'Reilly, she definitely opened her doors and said, like, if you guys need any mental support, like, I'm here because, you know, it's different uh, talking to your male coach rather than talking to your female coach because you can so talk about, you know, certain things that your your guy coach wouldn't understand. Um, and we also had a sports psychologist. Her name was Jenny. Um, she We had, like, team um, psychology groups um, and – these would be things like we would go around and say, you know, what we, we were thankful for on the team, um, maybe talk about things that we were struggling with and ways to fix it. Um, so I think all of us like really enjoyed uh, those meetings and we always had them like before big games and stuff to like ease our nerves. And she also offered um, her stuff like outside of a group. So we did have, um, you know, things to help us if we needed yeah that's great yeah a lot of colleges don't even like offer those resources i mean but you can i mean there's so much you can vouch that it's not like it's not enough there's so much to unpack with what she just said but i want to acknowledge what you said about i'll get into the the sports psychology but what you said about the the male and female that is really interesting to me in male dominated sports there is no there's no female coaches anywhere probably so what do you think like you could talk to your female coach about but not with your male coach about um I think it would be easier to open up even about like mental health um because I think sometimes like men like our coaching staff was like um older white men so you know, sometimes they might not understand. They don't. Um, they don't understand. Yeah. In but, my experience. I don't know. Maybe don't put that part in the podcast. I don't want to. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. This but, is unfiltered. Like, speak your mind. Like, what you said is not false whatsoever. But, you know, they might not understand that. You know, another thing that a lot of girls go through is like eating disorders or like bad eating habits. So, that could also be something that you would, you know, be willing, more willing to open up with a female coach about, um, you know, even just like anxiety, depression. I think all of that is more welcomed within like the female realm uh, rather than the male realm. And I think that is true. Like even in like, whereas like football and basketball, yeah. like they're not going to really talk about that That's stuff. So and the thing is, it's prevalent everywhere. Anxiety, depression, all these mental issues that or not even issues, but just mental challenges that we all go through. Everybody has them, whether it's women, whether it's men. And what's awesome is a lot of times when it, when it is a female coach, they're able to be open about this type of thing 
But a lot of times when it is the men, men athletes or men coaches, it's like something there's like a it's like it's uncomfortability. Yeah. It's uncomfortable to talk about. And that's why we started the podcast as well. Um, I mean, I have a separate social anxiety podcast. And then we kind of realized as Ryan came back, as Mitch came into the picture and stuff, it was like, man, athletes need this so much as well. Like we need to normalize speaking about mental health because not only is that going to help us in our everyday life, but our everyday life is almost an exact parallel to how we compete. Exactly. And what you said is, is so crucial that, and especially I'm, I'm speaking to like male dominant sport or like baseball or football and you have a male coach and I wouldn't feel comfortable going and talk to my coach and just being like, Hey coach, like I've just been having like anxiety. Like he wouldn't kind of grasp. Mm-hmm. And the fact that like you, women are like inherently more open to mental struggles and, and feelings and exchanging of feelings and, and interpreting them. And the fact that there's none of that in male sports is a huge yeah. problem. Yeah. In my, in my eyes. Well, especially when you have the male dominated coaching staff as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And like, it, it's the confidence too. Like if you're talking to your coach and you're open to him about mental health issues and like your anxiety and everything, like eating disorders, like you mentioned, you're going to have more confidence and you're going to have more trust in your coach, which in turn is going to allow you to play a lot more, you know, carefree during your games because you have somebody that you can kind of look up to and like you're confident person. If you mess up, you know, they're not going to shit on you. If you come back after winter break and like you put on a couple pounds, they're not going to point it out and be like, like, well, like well, you might need to fix that. Like, <laughs> you know, like you have the trust. So it's, it's going to lie. Your mind's going to be free. I did want to ask you, um, you guys mentioned, uh, what was it? Thankfulness or gratefulness when you guys gratitude. That. gratitude. That's a huge thing that we love to talk about. Parker mentions that as like one of the most powerful factors in Mm -hmm. motivation and whatnot what other kind of mental exercises did you guys do meditate at all yes we did meditate um she would have us like close our eyes and like would you know take us to like a green path and tell us to you know whatever is stressing us out or is holding us back to you know release it and let that go. Um, we did a lot of like gratitude stuff. Um, and we would say like, we also talked a lot about like communication and what kind of communication we appreciate and what kind of communication we don't appreciate. Um, and we did, uh, things like she would ask a question and like, it's supposed to be like, you know, an anonymous. Uh, so like you would close your eyes and hold up a number and say like, what do you think the communication is good or bad? And like one would be good and two would be bad. So stuff like that. Yeah. That's shit cool. that it has to be anonymous though. That just speaks to the volumes of like the, well, it's the stigma like, around it. I feel like it's, you want to be comfortable. You're right. You want to be comfortable around everybody. That's and true. Like, yeah. your, and like your coach is like kind of get an idea. Yeah. Like it's a very, maybe this person is like, it's a sacred process. Yeah. But our thing is kind of like normalize our, normalize our anxieties normalize our mental struggles and i feel like in a perfect world we wouldn't have to be anonymous about how we feel you know yeah i mean mean, we got to get there yeah i like how you said um your sports psychologist helped you let go of a lot Mm -hmm. of things like that's what we preach because as you're growing up as a child you get programmed from parents teachers media other kids and you form these core beliefs that may be limiting to other people. 
whether it's mm-hmm. self-doubt, low confidence, a poor self-image about yourself that then translate over to the field. So we, what we kind of did is we're trying to create this program and create pro- products and um, information for athletes to follow to learn how to let go of a lot of these core limiting beliefs that in turn don't let them play at their peak potential. And it's not only mm-hmm. core beliefs, but like everybody has gone through experiences like bullying, like abandonment, like rejection mm-hmm. in their personal life and like letting go of these things being able to learn how to do it through meditations, through the subconscious. That's what we're really trying to do. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time we've actually had an actual athlete. We've had like, had two ghosts. <laughs> the first one that has actually showed up for it. Um, so we appreciate you for that. Um, I want to ask you like, how do you, how much do you think you can improve in your mental game? Do you think you could be a better player if you kind of let go of all your struggles and whatnot? For sure. I think something that I still struggle with is uh, confidence. Um, You know, we have to run um, a beep test. It's called like the Nike spark beep test. It's like, you know, down and back runs. Uh And, you know, they say, you know, 75, 50, 75%, whatever it is, is is mental. And they are not wrong. Mm -hmm. I will say they are not Mm -hmm. wrong because, I mean, obviously you need to do the work, but when you do the work, you become more confident Mm -hmm. and you say oh I know I can do this so I think I need to work on my confidence um and I think that I will continue to be the best version of myself once I you know get the hang of that yeah and confidence is something that we talk about is not built over I know you were trying to get in the game it was 15 minutes and you're trying to do the most possible confidence is really hard to build on that unless you just perform spectacularly right Mm -hmm. and that's not often the case we need to like kind of base confidence on like a progress sort of mindset. You know what I mean? So if you, if you took yourself and looked at yourself maybe three weeks ago and you look at yourself as a better player, that's, that's a confidence builder, right? Yeah. So that's how, how we should, how we should look at building confidence. Yeah, definitely. So you're at UNC right now, you're transferring over to Minnesota <laughs> to play in the next season, next year. Yes. And then are, do you have a, a year that you can't play? Yeah, this next semester I won't be able to play. Okay. You're right. Well, that's a huge opportunity for you to get eligibility. Yeah. Yeah, I'm super Definitely. excited about it. Awesome. Are they D1 as well? Yes, they're D1, and they have all women coaching staff. Awesome. Hey, let's go. <laughs> Yo, Minnesota. Boom, yeah, that's awesome. I never really understood the concept of male coaching and women's sports, but not women coaching in male sports. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely definitely a huge issue. So, like, what else are you are you looking forward to in Minnesota? Like, is there well, like there things that you? I can tell you, I'm not looking forward to the weather. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Are North you Carolina from? can't be that way. Where are you from? I'm from North Carolina. Okay. Yeah. So it's I mean it's like 45, 50 right here, and I'm pretty sure it's like three degrees in Minnesota. Like yeah. literally three degrees. So Will that's games gonna get canceled? be. Um, well, I'm not really, I don't really know. Like, I don't know how things work in Minnesota. So to be determined. <laughs> what is Minnesota? <laughs> I know, seriously. I know. <laughs> have you been to the campus? Yes, I have. They actually recruited me in my original process. So it actually, it made the transferring process really easy as well, which I also don't think is normal. Like I have 
had really easy recruiting and transferring experiences. Were those coaches from Minnesota also like involved in your team with like your coach at UNC? No, they weren't. But um, when you're getting recruited um, in high school, you just kind of get like a little bit of everybody. So I think it's awesome that you display this sort of gratitude for your recruiting process and kind of have this perspective that a lot of athletes, it's not like that for. And I think that's really mature of you to understand that. And I think that makes you probably a better player. Don't you think? Well, I will take the compliment. (laughs) Thank you. I'm not sure, but. (laughs) But we talk about uh, gratitude being super motivating and how do you, do you kind of approach the game with a chip on your shoulder? Maybe, maybe you you got your dad, your dad, like shoes to fill, shoes fill and whatnot. Or do you think it's harder to kind of gain that motivation because the game maybe has come so easy to you, right? Since you've been, you, you were obviously a talented soccer player. You've been recruited by UNC, one of the biggest your freshman year. your freshman year. Exactly. You're obviously fucking soccer prodigy. <laughs> so how do you, how do you sort of get that motivation? Then? Is it for the love of the game? What is it? Um, I definitely would say that I go into like practices and trainings, um, like trying to prove myself and trying to prove my worth, um, especially this year at UNC, because I gained a lot of playing time. And I uh, felt like that showed a lot about like my character and um, like how hard I was willing to work. And um, this in the next couple of weeks when I go to Minnesota, I definitely am going to have to channel that again um, because, I, you know, I'm going to go somewhere where I don't know any of these girls. So, you know, I have to prove to them that I'm worthy of being here and that I will do all the work that they're doing to, you know, play for them and show them that I'm willing to be a good teammate and a hard worker on and off the field. Sounds like the ideal mindset. Honestly. Yeah, for sure. You got to be super it's a super humbling experience, not only getting to college once, but then having to do it again, mm-hmm. right? Because there's girls that are already there. There's probably going to be like conflicting emotions. Like, oh, this girl's coming here now. We got to, uh, <laughs> I know it might not be like that for, um, yeah, don't even think about I, it. Yeah. No, it's going to be great. Yeah. You're going to get there. You're all going to be like, <laughs> oh my God, it's fucking Isabel. <laughs> Let's go. Oh my God, Isabella, take my spot. Yeah. Imagine. <laughs> going to a new location, that's huge though. That, that's got to be so hard for a lot of people though. but to have that confidence where like you're ready to go through that whole process again I like you know, it not, I like it no a lot of times because like it's a restart is that kind yeah. of thing that it's just like a blank slate like I went up to, for the holidays I went up with my family to like Utah just be in a different environment for a week and then you get and then you get centered and you you're able to just change your mindset change your habits a little bit mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely awesome. Yeah, so I'm super excited about that. I totally agree. Like, I think it will completely be a, you know, a change in scenery, and I'm really excited about it. That's awesome. Are you going to be playing against UNC too? I'm. I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll see. I hope we do. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's a good. That's a good attitude to have. Um, how long is that? It's only 35 minutes, but I I do have one more question. Um, we kind of have a debate between the two of us when it comes to um, playing carefree without attachment or (laughs) having a main, uh, just like a goal in mind and really wanting to hit that goal every game. Like maybe you, your goal is to score, score one goal. That's your goal. Your goal is to score a goal. (laughs) Um, A lot of times when, when we talk about this, I kind of have a mindset where I feel like, 
athletes are able to perform much better when they release attachment to an mm -hmm. expectation in mind. Yeah. And they're able to just go about it and say, yeah, I have an intention to win the game. I have an intention to score a couple of goals, but if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. And it's yeah. kind of like a catch 22 where when you have that mindset, you end up performing better. So do you mm -hmm. kind of see yourself like that, like that kind of athlete or the kind of athlete that is just like, I'm grinding, I'm going, nobody can stop me. Um, I would say like every athlete has goals. Um, but personally, I would definitely say I play better when I'm carefree and just playing to like enjoy the game and, and enjoy myself, enjoy my teammates. Um, and I think a lot of people feel that way because I think when we're thinking of like long-term or short-term goals, um, like in the middle of a game or like in the middle of practice, it definitely like adds a stressor. Um, I have some friends that are going to the draft this year, the NFL draft, and my boyfriend actually opted out of the season, but his brother did not. And they were talking at the dinner table one day and he was just, my boyfriend was saying how he was glad that he opted out because um, if he would have played, all he would have been thinking about is the draft, the combine, what he needs to do to get there. And his brother was just saying, um, that's all I thought about when I played. And I didn't have as much fun because that's what I was thinking about. Yeah, so really I, good. yeah, so I definitely think that everybody plays better carefree and it's better to have your goals in the back of your mind. Like, oh, I would like to do this, but like, if I don't, I'm not a failure, it's you know, all, something yeah. like that. It's the ideal mindset to have, but when you're in the heat of the game and you're so passionate about it and you get the result at the end and it's something that you're not happy with, it's hard to just be like, you know what? It's okay. I'm pissed after every game I lose. I know you are too. You are too. It's a hard thing to do. And it comes with the, this kind of sense of maturity. Maybe kind of detach yourself from the results and think about yourself. Yeah, you have, you have a really good, you, you keep saying, I play to enjoy the game for the love of the game, to enjoy the game. It seems like you have a lot of gratitude towards it and it probably helps you perform even better. Yeah. So I think that's, I think we're kind of wrapping up the podcast at this point. We got one we more got, question though. We got, a, we got a lot of great information. One more question. But we do have one question. What would you say? We ask everyone, um, but this is going to be a good one because you're an actual athlete that's gone through this process. Are we lagging right now? No, Are we good? We're good. No, you're, well, you were, but you're, I can hear you. All right, cool. Um, it's cool that we have an actual athlete to, you know, talk to athletes that are going through this process right now, rather than a coach who kind of doesn't really understand. What would you tell young athletes who maybe one that wants to play in college, maybe one's a little stressed out and struggling, what would you tell them to kind of just, you know, uplift them if you had like mentor one? Um, I mean, just like we've been saying this whole time, I would say play to have fun because that's when you're going to play your best, when you're not stressed about anything, when you're playing for yourself and you're playing for your teammates and you're playing to enjoy the game. I think I just think that's so important because when we set these goals that are so far ahead of us, that's all we focus on. So play to have fun. It's a way to, you know, push yourself and be the best. Great. Enjoy everything you do. All right, Isabel. So where can our where can our uh, viewers, our listeners find you? I'm on Instagram. It's Brown 52 Wait, say that one more time. I interrupted you. 
I'm on Instagram, IzzyBrown52. Yeah, um, link in the description for everybody. TikTok. Oh, yeah, TikTok. <laughs> yes. Let's see the TikTok. Oh, no, I'm not doing TikTok. Oh. <laughs> but I do have TikTok. TikTok. You, you, can, you can watch my TikToks on there. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah, awesome. Thank you so much, yeah. Isabel, for coming on. Yeah, we appreciate really it. appreciate this one. Our guests always surprise. Like, every time I come on, like, I'm, for some reason, I don't expect much. But then, like, I talk to them. I'm, like, super, like, surprised by how articulate, like, all our guests have been. And yeah. especially you. And you, you're only um, a sophomore or a junior now. And you're super mature yeah. for your age. And it's really awesome that we kind of get a lot of guests like you. And that's really kind of satisfying for us. So I hope you guys enjoyed that podcast. Make sure you go below in the description, follow Isabella on Instagram, and make sure you click on that free video training that we just set up for you guys. All right, see you later.